I want to know everybody that I work with. I want to feel relatively close to them and connected to them and enjoy working with them. And I think big companies, it's very hard to maintain that. Episode 99, April 2015. In this episode, Chad Patel, developer, founder, and CEO of ThoughtBot, talks about the DNA of ThoughtBot, growing the company, and avoiding a competitive environment. He also explains his views on hierarchy, office politics, and how they deal with arrogant attitudes. This episode is sponsored by the Trapid Design Company and Field Notes. It seems like you created a big family at ThoughtBot. And for me, that's probably the holy grail of building successful, sustainable businesses. How did you accomplish that? And what can we learn from you in that regard? This was really important to me. And it's the reason why we stayed at just about 20 people for a long time, because I'm not in this. No one at ThoughtBot was in this to grow it and sell it or leave the company. Like I have no ulterior plan. My plan is to be at ThoughtBot and be happy forever. <laughs> and so we stayed at around 20 people because I didn't know how we could be bigger than that and sustain that kind of company. I want to know everybody that I work with. I want to feel relatively close to them and connected to them and enjoy working with them. And I think big companies, it's very hard to maintain that. And so that's why we stayed at about 20 people just in Boston for a long time. When we really started to think about what it would look like to grow ThoughtBot, it was about the people who were part of that group wanting to move to other places. And this real sense from the whole team that we have something good here. Why are we not trying to bring it to more people? Not only from a customer perspective, but from, you know, a designer and developer perspective. Like, why is it that the person who lives in San Francisco or just wants to move to, is in Boston now, but really wants to move to San Francisco? Why can't they be at Palpot? And it really caused us to evaluate why that was. And, and we realized that we could get beyond that hurdle by not thinking about ThoughtBot like, how can we possibly be 50 people? How can we maintain the feel that we have and the connection to your, the people you're working with? Don't think about it like that. Think about it like this 20-person team that we have is really great. We also know that a 10-person team at ThoughtBot is really great. We've done that before. We also know that a four-person team is really great at ThoughtBot. So let's think about ThoughtBot like that. And don't think about it as the whole group, but break it down into the individual parts. So the person who works at ThoughtBot in San Francisco, on a day-to-day -day basis, they're working with a group of about 20 people in their office. Well, they're working on their product with maybe a group of two or three people, but the team that they're surrounded by is about 20 people. It's very, very similar to what ThoughtBot always has been. And on a day-to-day -day basis, they're not dealing with across time zones. They're not dealing with people who they don't know. It feels very much like ThoughtBot has always felt. And, you know, Austin, we have four people. In Austin, it feels very much like ThoughtBot and what four people at ThoughtBot looks like. So we've managed to grow ThoughtBot in a way that works to maintain that feeling and bring it to more people so that they can partake in it, enjoy it, and get the benefit of it. In a company that is so full of talented and smart people, it is not uncommon to have an environment that becomes maybe competitive over time. How do you avoid that, given that this is probably an unhealthy atmosphere for employees to thrive in? Yeah, I think we avoid it by really trying to avoid hierarchy. 
So it would be very traditional to have, for example, even just lead designers, non-lead designers, or you know, developers, senior developers, junior developers, these different levels. And I think even introducing those different levels, you introduce some competition in who's ahead, who's behind, that kind of thing. And so we really try hard to avoid that. And we've learned some important lessons. You know, we didn't always have managing directors at our offices, but when we decided to ha introduce a managing director in Boston, we said, you know, we think someone at the th company now could do this job rather than hiring out. Is there anyone who's interested in it? And even that was a mistake because it introduced a level of competition and someone was in, someone was out at the end of that process. So it was a mistake to do it that way and to leave it open-ended. And we've learned, we've tried to learn the lesson there. The right way to do it would have been to really just have an opinion about who the best person would be and go to that person and say, are you interested in doing this? And then if they say no, you know, try to find somebody else, but don't create competition at the company. Don't say, who wants this? This, this thing exists. Who wants to do it? In those um, leadership hierarchical things. There's a difference between that and what we often do, which is I'm leading this project now. I'm you know, doing books right now, books at ThoughtBot. I want to move on to something else. Does anyone want to take this over from me? That'll be a post to the whole company. And that's not hierarchical. It doesn't create competition uh, inherent in the question. Someone's going to volunteer and they're going to do it and they're going to do a great job. It's not a hierarchical position. And so that's okay. So we try to break that those barriers down, try to reduce all levels within the company and not introduce competition that way. Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life, uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch, draplin.com backslash merch, and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna, Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too, okay? Fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. $9.95 for a three-pack. Would you pay for coffee today, right? 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 You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com, and uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. Did you ever have like problems with office politics in the past? Not, not too much. You know, there have been people who've left ThoughtBot. There have been people who've moved around and changed their positions and, you know, in some ways been demoted. And it's all been pretty amicable. It's all in the service of what do you want to do? What are you going to be happiest doing? What are you best suited for? And a culture of really trying to be good at what we do and being the best and a recognition by everyone involved when that's not the case and trying to be proactive about rectifying it. So largely it's gone pretty well. And I can't say everything has been perfect, but largely it's been pretty well. We really try to avoid now competition between offices. So, you know, we, we don't want competition to like between like New York and San Francisco about who's performing better or what the, you know, what office is better or what office is better known for one particular thing or that kind of thing. I'd really like to avoid that. 
And how do you deal with arrogant attitudes inside the company? Is that an issue you care about? It is. There's very little room for arrogance at ThoughtBot. We're very fortunate in that it often doesn't come up because people who are arrogant aren't going to make it through the interview process. Uh, we have a unanimous interview process. So when you interview at ThoughtBot, everyone you interact with needs to be a yes in order for you to get hired. If there is any no, if there's any dissent or not even no, but just like, I'm not sure, you don't get hired. And so I think that does wonders for not only having an inclusive hiring process that takes everybody's opinions into account, but ensuring that people who are arrogant or aren't good team players don't make it through the process. I'm curious about one thing though in this regard. So how do you factor in that somebody has a shitty day and because of that he gives a person a no just because, I don't know, he did get up not at his usual time, wasn't maybe taking a jog in the morning and was grumpy, stuff like that. Yeah, it, so it's almost never the case that there's just a single no. If there is a single no and everyone else was a very resounding yes, we will talk to that person and say, you know, why were you a no? What happened? You know, we want to see notes. You know, we, we ask people to write up notes after the interview and we'll look at those notes and try to determine why they were a no where everybody else was a yes. And there are times where we say, you know, is this a valid concern that you had? And we, and we investigate it. And, you know, if we determine that we need to give the person another shot or that, that th this was a unique circumstance or whatever, I suppose we, you know, would either override or do do a, re a, a redo. But that doesn't happen very often because it's almost never just one outlier. Uh, if someone is a no, they've probably gotten, a, a lot of people at ThoughtBot are, are on the same page. And so it's very likely that, that there'll be a no. Mm -hmm.